I'm Aethan and this is The Review. City went to Madrid and came back with a 1-1 draw to take into the second leg next week at the Etihad. Joining me to wave the white hankies at another pathetic refereeing performance, I have got Mr. Howard Hawking and Mr. Stephen Tudor. Morning, Steve. Good morning. Sorry, I was on mute at a very professional start. How are you today? <laughs> With me having to redo that intro three times, I'm I'm really good. I'm I'm really really good. I uh, I I I enjoyed last night. In no, actually, uh, we'll talk about it in the podcast. But I don't think mm. I enjoyed last night. And it's very rare for me to not enjoy big games. But was know, that we'll get... what you were nervy throughout? I just didn't enjoy it. Okay. I think that's I think that's the only way that I can describe it, um, but I'll, I'll tell you more mm. why later. Mr. Hawking, good morning. Good morning. Did you enjoy it? No. Okay, good. I, I think it's one of the uh, yeah the unique nature of Real Madrid is they don't let you enjoy games, <laughs> if that makes any sense. I wrote it, a tweet that I deleted. They don't have to the, be good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I wrote a delete that I tweeted, which basically um, compared Real Madrid to like, you know, the cockroaches that survive mm. like nuclear fallout and just like, you know, come crawling out from underneath a mm. rock. Like that's basically Real Madrid are the footballing equivalent of that. They just will never die. You can stamp on them over and over and over again and they just keep coming back at you. So, so yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't really enjoy it, and which is it surprising. Should, yeah, Go on. It should be noted that yeah, people talk about them as if they win the the Champions League every single season, but they recently had three seasons, didn't they? Where they, well, we put them out for starters, uh, and yeah, they weren't that good. But yeah, <laughs> they have their periods, of course, when in this competition uh, where. You just can't relax, can you? You just cannot relax. So. To be fair, Howard, though, I would take their Champions League record. <laughs> yeah. I'd, yeah, I'd happily take that for City any day. State-backed state Champions League record. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, same. And I just think they've got, a, currently, the last couple of years, it's a very much a sweet spot in that they've got the perfect blend of, of, uh, of experience and youth. And... Mm. Uh, and it really tells in in big pressure. It's shown in big pressure moments over the last few years, and I think to some extent it showed again last night. But before and a, we get there, and a cup manager in a way. So yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely a, 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 a cup manager, a manager who 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 relishes the kind of the one-off big games. I think, uh, and I think you can see that he gets the players up for them as well. Um, so. Before we before we dive into the game itself, just very quickly on the lineups, no surprises. Were either of you disappointed that Pep didn't throw a, a curveball in there? No. <laughs> that that would be the height of irony if I was kind of um, annoyed at that. It, it, it's been a bugbear of mine for several years now. I mean, you know, it, it's well known, isn't it, amongst Blues that he does tend to go a bit left field on the big occasions. The fact that he didn't this time was just a blessed relief for me. As soon as I saw the lineup, I felt a lot. I felt calmed. Um, no, I was very happy to see who we selected. And the fact that, you know, we all kind of knew beforehand, it bodes well. I don't want to jinx anything. You know, he could basically play Edison right winger for kind of a Champions League final should we get there. But it bodes well that we are now at that stage where we're coming into big games. 
we can say, okay, I think this is going to be the lineup, and we've pretty much got you know ten out of the eleven. Um, it just shows how settled this this setup is right now. And to be honest, I thought we were the better side against them last season over the two legs, but of course we went out. We knew they weren't. Ancelotti wasn't doing a curveball, so I see very little reason for Pep to do the same. To be honest, he he yeah. knows them so well. He knows what he's coming up against. Just play your best team, and for both managers, let the best team win. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think it it helps that there's been a um, a consistency in the build up to this game in Guardiola's selection, and also just in terms of. We've had quite a few what we would consider to be big games. It feels like in the last four weeks, four, four to six weeks, and so, and and he has now um, a team for those games. Or you could see that slowly that a team develops for those games that that he trusts. So, yeah, I, I was I was really happy with the with the fact that he went with the team that he went with. Um, Madrid were pretty much as we expected as well so battle commenced uh I'll, I'll start with you howard talk me through the kind of the ebb and the flow of the first 10 15 minutes how do you think that city start how do you think madrid start how do you think re- the referee copes with the beginning of the game he's a guy we'll come back to i feel yeah. a lot over the course of this podcast uh, we'll have to rate his performance in little chunks as well so um, yeah, talk me through the opening. I'm going to park the referee to one side. I'm not ready to for that hmm. just yet. Uh, I think there's an inc- there's instance later on in the game that I think I'm more deserving of him to have his own section in this podcast. Uh, I, <laughs> it was crazy in a way. I was just like, well, we've got uh, Real Madrid pinned in their own half for 20 minutes, and it was uh, it's quite brilliant to see. Really, uh, the crowd, the home crowd were. Getting very irate and frustrated. Don't know if the hankies were out, but the the whistling was definitely out. And yeah, they couldn't get the ball. I mean, there's there's always that thing at the back of your mind. Well, Madrid don't mind this happening, <laughs> you know. Unless the ball goes in the net, it doesn't really matter. And I guess that that kind of played out that way. You know, they were they always played the long game, and I guess Pep does as well. But as a start, my biggest fear. This was a game, just to backtrack, I had no idea how it was going to go. I was fairly confident. I feel we do have the best team in Europe. But of course, it's Madrid. We've we've played the two hardest games possible in this competition. Bayern Munich away and Real Madrid away are probably the two toughest games you could possibly have. So I wasn't expecting us to go out there and absolutely blast them away 3-0, though I secretly hoped that could happen. But what I didn't want was a disastrous start and them getting a goal and us being panicking and being on the back foot or having to be having our resolution our resolve tested that early on. So it was really good and really heartening, even if a goal didn't come, and then we'll get to that as well, to see us pinning them back and playing the ball around confident uh, for that first twenty minutes. Steve, did you think But we didn't score, so go on. No. Uh, Steve, did you think that we were a little bit soporific in possession. And what I mean by that is we had a lot of the ball, but do you think that we were creating enough? Um, That's really hard to say because, I mean, we had 72% possession after 25 minutes at the Bernabeu. 
And you know, the oldest cliche in the book concerning these ties is, you know, keep the crowd quiet and obviously not quiet, just whistling. Um, but certainly suppress everything for the first 25 minutes and then grow into the game. So I was really happy to see it. I mean, if it, I think it was about the seventh minute on, uh, but around the seven minute mark, I, I just happened to look at the clock at that point and thought, they haven't touched the ball yet. Real Madrid haven't really kind of been in our half yet. We have basically just pinned them in. <clears throat> You're right. We were, it was quite fairly predictable in our passing, uh, quite functionary, but absolutely no problem with that. It was a, more a case of just keeping possession, taking a sting out of it, avoiding, as Howard said, any disastrous early concession, um, and then grow into the game. Uh, and that's what kind of duly happened in the second half. But, it was just weird to see. I I I heard um I listened to a podcast recently where they were talking about Real Madrid specifically and whistling. You know the, the big European away games and when the crowds all whistle when the opposition mm. have, the, have a ball and just how psychologically difficult that is to retain possession amidst those surroundings. How effective it is, you know, the whistling because it just burrows deep into your brain. Doesn't matter how professional you are, how experienced you are as a footballer. It's it's like. If you were making a cup of tea in your kitchen and you're nice and relaxed and you're in familiar surroundings, you're doing something you've done a thousand times before. If someone was on your shoulder just saying, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, it would affect you. It would just, it would make you edgy. Times that by a million. And that's what De Bruyne had last night in Gundo. And yeah, everything was calm. Everything was kind of just going according to plan. Um, I think that was the most impressive aspect of last night, how we dealt with the crowd and how we... Essentially, I think it was on a BBC site, said that we looked like we were playing at home. And that was that was just marvellous to see. Yeah, I mean, okay. So I, 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 I understand why the BBC would say something like that. I have to be honest. I expected Madrid to let us have a lot of the ball. So I don't... <laughs> I, I think that we know that Guardiola's City can keep the ball for fun right um particularly with the quality of the players that we've got so that didn't really surprise me um but i didn't think that it was the dominant first 20 minutes that other people that it felt as though whether it be on the timeline or the commentary or even the halftime analysis everybody went went with the point of view that city were amazing in that opening 20 minutes and for me I just felt that it was kind of classic Real Madrid that mm. they, I've seen, I mean, I, I saw Chelsea, a really, really rubbish Chelsea team, like try and dominate Madrid for 20, 30 minutes and Madrid just do a very similar thing where they, you know, it's almost like they, they play dead. There's a little bit of rope-a-dope involved that they're just a little bit like, they'll let you keep throwing those punches, but going the other way, they're such a threat. And then, when they do get that opportunity to turn you around, they're generally so so clinical. So it's not a, it's not necessarily criticism of City. Um, I just feel that the dominance itself wasn't indicative of City being completely in control of the game. I think it was just more indicative of Madrid being comfortable uh, with City having the ball in certain areas of the pitch um, and. F comfortable being very deep sorry how it gone. yeah totally in control of the ball a lot of the game yeah yeah uh, exactly uh, being yeah part of my uh week of brilliant predictions following on from me and stay 
uh, predicting Brighton to absolutely wallop Everton. I did say in the preview yesterday that perhaps, maybe, I didn't say it would happen, maybe City would let Madrid have the ball loads and try and do them in the transition or go direct to Haaland or something mm. like that. So in a way, I, I, I wasn't totally convinced though that Madrid would play dead like that. And it, for the times they have done it, and yes, we know this is what they do, they just soak it up, it's still dangerous for them. And for that reason, I still felt... That first 20 minutes, considering the amount of space, because obviously Vinicius didn't want to track back, the space you had on that right side, it did ultimately feel like a bit of a missed opportunity that first 20 minutes. Mm. That I'm trying to think of chances. There was another weakish shot from Erling Haaland on the left and there was some not-quite-half chances. But yeah, I would suggest that it was domination, but with caution as well that rippled through the City performance for the whole 90 minutes in that Mm. they were trying to get a certain result to take back to the Etihad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's an interesting one because I think that when we we talk about that right-hand side and we talk about City's domination, I I was actually really surprised... Well, not really surprised. So I think that there was a calculated gamble that... um, that Ancelotti took and I think it paid off for most of the game and I think the calculated gamble was Bernardo Silva won't run in behind Camavinga yeah because he won't have the legs to go both ways <clears throat> and by legs I just mean the pace um and it it a little bit played out like that I kind of wished in that first in that opening 10 15 I sort of wished that Mares or Foden had been out there because I think maybe it would have been a slightly different dynamic in that period would either of you agree with that i'd completely agree with that um i thought bernardo did a good steady job it wasn't his best performance by any stretch i thought uh Kamavinga did excellent left back but going into the game um i was hearing about how you know he could be got at he was the weak link because he's you know not a, a left back um but i thought he he did really well in dealing with bernardo um and the two kind of cancelled themselves out until that crucial point where Camavinga kind of broke three and, and assisted the goal. But um, to that point, yeah, Bernardo got the ball, played it safe, turned around, knocked it back to, to Kyle and just did that on repeat um, throughout the game. And there's nothing wrong with that, retained possession, but he certainly didn't look to get in behind. And Mares would have been more of a threat. I, I don't think, I think in the first half, I was absolutely fine with it. When you got to the hour mark, or certainly after 17 minutes, you were thinking, and I think we're all saying this, weren't we, amongst ourselves as well, let's bring Mares on, let's bring Foden on, let's stretch him. There's, mm. there's, gap, there's gaps now. Um, we can kind of capitalise on that. It's but, funny because... But you're watching a 180-minute match in a way, Exactly. You? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and I, again, it's a question that I've got for the end. Um, so I don't, want to, I, don't want to, I don't want to disappear down that rabbit hole now because we'll discuss it when we get to that. Uh, 70, 75 minute mark. But um, the goal, the the Real Madrid goal, uh, after all that domination from City, um, how much, so firstly on a personal level, how much did that deflate you? Like where did that, because of how much control we'd had, for them to then go and sucker punch us in that way, Howard, did you you feel worried that it, it would have like a bad negative effect? Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, 
Go to 9320.com to sign up now, or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.